0: Like I said, this is week number two. I told you last week that I wanted to start a two-part series of in-person, is what we've titled it, Encounters with Jesus. And this is taking place after the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so today we're kinda gonna continue on with that. I love the show, Uh, I enjoy the show Wicked Tuna. I don't know what it is about it, but I enjoy that show, specifically the Outer Banks series. Um, There's a series that they have, Wicked Tuna, on National Geographic. We watch it through Disney Plus, but there is a a series, a season that they did that was Outer Banks. It's filmed off of the coast of North Carolina on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And it's interesting to me to watch these guys. Um, They're fishing for their livelihood. And one thing that they face specifically with the Outer Banks is there's what they call the bar. Every day when they go out to fish and then they come back in, they have to cross the bar. It's extremely risky. The conditions have to be almost perfect. They have to know exactly what's going on. In order for them to cross over the bar, thousands of boats and ships have sank trying to cross the bar right off the shore of North Carolina, uh, off the Outer Banks. They've sank crossing over this area, and these guys are risking everything they have to go and to catch a bluefin tuna for their livelihood. Now, you've got to understand, the bluefin tuna is worth anywhere from what these guys are catching are worth anywhere from $3,000 to $4,000 on up to sometimes $12,000, $15,000, depending on the size and the quality of the fish. But they're risking their boat, they're risking their equipment, they're risking their lives to cross over the bar in order to go fishing. And so I just want to kind of um, look at a couple thoughts today. I'm actually going to be reading out of the Gospel of John, chapter 21, and maybe we'll tie all this back together with the wicked tuna. You want to turn to John, chapter 21. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. He says, after these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. Sea of Tiberias is just another name for the Sea of Galilee, same place. And he manifested himself in this way. Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and the two others, two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said, we will also come with you. And they went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach, yet his disciples did not know it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, children, you do not have any fish, do you? They answered, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll find a catch. So they cast, then they were not able to haul in because of the great number of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, I love how how John does this, this is John's gospel and he refers to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. Uh, The the disciple that Jesus loved uh, said to Peter, it is the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. But the other disciples came into the little boat, came in the little boat for they were not far off from the land, but about a hundred yards away, dragging the net full of fish. So when they got onto the land, they saw a charcoal fire already laid and fish, played on it, fish placed on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've now caught. Simon Peter went up, drew the net to land, full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. I wanna just talk about this just for a moment and break down this story just a little bit. Um, I've kinda of been praying through this these stories and these um, encounters with Jesus over the last several weeks. And this one has been one that's kinda of weighed on my heart and I've kinda of sought God on it and looked at different things. And I just wanna give you some very practical uh, points. I wanna bring out some very practical thoughts that I believe the Lord wants you to hear today from this story. First of all, you need to understand that uh, this took place at the same place that many other things had taken place before. The Sea of Galilee was the place for Peter. It was the place that, that things happened with Jesus. It was at the Sea of Galilee that Peter and, and some other disciples were actually called. That's the place that they first encountered Jesus. It was the place he looked at him and he said, Hey, uh, you want to come with me? I'll make you fishers of men. It was at the Sea of Galilee that the disciples were out on the boat and the the storms were raging and crashing and the waves were crashing all around them. The wind was blowing and and Jesus stood out on the bow and he said, peace, be still. It was on the Sea of Galilee that uh, the, the disciples are out crossing over as Jesus has instructed them to do and the storm comes up and they look out and there's Jesus walking on the water toward them. It's at that point that Peter himself actually steps out of the boat. And he gets out and and for a moment he begins to walk on the water to Jesus until he sees the wind around him. you got to understand, I can't see wind. I see the effects of wind, but I don't see wind. So I really struggle with some of that sometimes when you dig into that story. What did Peter actually see? Was it his perception of what was going to take place? Was it the danger coming around him? Regardless of what it was, he began to sing and Jesus reached out his hand and pulled him up. It was also at the Sea of Galilee, on the shore of the sea, that Jesus fed 4,000 plus people. These disciples had seen miracle after miracle take place, revolving around the Sea of Galilee, all around this area. It was actually on this same shoreline that Jesus and Peter would reconcile their relationship. Peter, as you know, denied Jesus, did not even know in Jesus. And it was at this place that Peter would come back to a relationship with Jesus, and they would once again be reunited. I want to tell you a couple things that are very simple, but I believe that are important for you to know about this this story in scripture. First of all, Peter went fishing. Well, yeah, you read that, right? But you need to understand, Peter went fishing. I I have a, a time then, you know, times in my life when things are stressful and things are just kind of in chaos and my mind's kind of all rattled where I just need to kind of get away for a few minutes. I have to be quiet and by myself and just kind of chill and let things kind of settle, right? We all have those moments. We have those outlets. For Peter, fishing was a livelihood. It was at at fish. It was this time of fishing that Jesus actually found Peter. It was at that point that he was called. But as well, I believe that this was a place that Peter could go and get away from everything. And they've just experienced Jesus' death. They've experienced his resurrection. He's no longer in the tomb. He's no longer there. He's already made himself uh, available to them. He's already shown himself once. And they're sitting around. And I'm sure there's some confusion about what's going to take place. And and Peter said, you know what? I'm going fishing. I'm not sitting here. I'm not doing this. I'm going fishing. And the other guys are sitting. Well, yeah, we're going to go with you. But it's important to recognize that Peter went back to that place. He went back to the place that he first encountered Jesus. He went back to the place where he had seen miracle after miracle where he had seen people healed, where he had seen Jesus feed. He went back to the place where Jesus had had made the difference in his life. Sometimes you and I have to just say, you know what, I'm going fishing. I don't even know what I'm going fishing for, God. I'm going fishing for blessings from you. I'm going fishing for a word from you. I'm going fishing for an anointing from you. Whatever it is, I'm going fishing, and I'm going back to the place where you've met me over and over and over again. It was interesting that uh, this was the place of experience, the place of blessing, the place of miracle, and even the place of memories that Peter went back to number one peter went fishing number two on his own peter caught nothing the bible tells us in verse three at the end of verse three that uh, they went out and they went out onto the boat and that night they caught nothing verse four says that the day began to dawn the day began to break and there's jesus they fished all night long and caught nothing i wonder how many of us uh, how many times you feel like That you're reaching down and you you pull up empty nets over and over and over maybe at home maybe in your job maybe even at the church wherever it is in your relationships maybe even in your relationship with the lord you feel like you keep reaching down and you're reaching for something you're fishing you're fishing you're fishing and every time you bring up a net it's empty i don't know about you but that is a terrible feeling it's a horrible feeling to, to to just be striving and you know that, you know, you know there's something going on, you know something should be taking place, and it doesn't matter how hard you try, you come up empty-handed. That is a terrible, terrible feeling, but we all experience that. But isn't it like Jesus to show up? At a place and make something out of nothing? Isn't it just like Jesus? He showed up and took their lives. Their lives that were nothing. They're ordinary fishermen and he he took their lives that were nothing and he made something. He's now made them disciples. They're the apostles. They're the ones that have witnessed Jesus do all these miracles. They're the ones that the church would be founded on, and they're gonna change the world forever. Isn't it just like Jesus to show up and make something out of nothing? Just like he took the little boy's lunch and, and there was really nothing to that and he, he blessed it and he broke it and they multiplied that and they fed thousands of people out of nothing. Isn't it just like Jesus to show up and make something out of nothing? In the same way he did the, he did the exact same thing for these guys. Jesus redirects those disciples to hey, Cast your net on the right-hand side of the boat. I would have struggled with this. First of all, when I get frustrated, I'm done. Right? Just to be very transparent with you, this is the second take of this video. I I had recorded this sermon, had been completely done, was wrapping everything up, finalizing the final edits and realized that the audio was muted and there was no audio for the sermon. And when I realize that, I'm done. I throw my hands up. My head's, my my mind's kind of gone. I've already made a transition, and I'm aggravated. I'm done. And here are these disciples in the same way. They fished all night long. And here's a guy that they don't even recognize. They don't even know that it's Jesus. He says, hey, you guys got any fish? Nope. Well, cast that on the right-hand side of the boat? And they did that. There's a couple of things that I want you to know about this thought, and I hope you're writing some of this down. Maybe you're, you're making a note, you can go back and, and follow up, but just you got some things coming that you should write down. On his own, he caught nothing. But even when you're coming up empty handed, there's two things you need to know. First of all, you need to be encouraged. Because even though fish are not in your net, that does not mean that below the surface, fish are not in the sea. God may have your blessing on your on its way to you yet. You've not seen it yet Just because it's not in your hand just because you don't have it don't mean God's not already sent it Just because you don't feel something don't mean that God's not already moving You need to be encouraged because when they cast the net on the right hand side their nets were full when they followed the instruction That's the, that's the next point. You need to listen closely You need to be encouraged that the fish are there. Just because you haven't received them doesn't mean they're not there. You need to listen closely. The instruction came from somebody they didn't even recognize. They fished all night long. The sun's just barely coming up, and this guy yells out, hey, you got any fish now? We'll throw the net on the other side of the boat, and they listened. What would have happened had they not listened to the instruction? they listened carefully they listened closely they followed the direction they dropped their net and because they lowered the net following the instruction of who turned out to be god their nets were full see god is going to sometimes send you instruction in a a still small voice i hope that it's audible and loud and, and god says cast your nets on the right side of the boat but most of the time that's not the case Most of the time it's something simple as we're finding in this story about about some guys fishing and God allows us to see a revelation and we can apply that directly to our life. Or sometimes it's God using somebody else that that means nothing to us, that, that has no affiliation with us, but God uses them to speak something into our life and give us instruction. If we're not focused and we're not focused on Jesus and we're not standing with open ears and open heart to listen, we miss the instruction therefore miss missing the blessing we've got to listen be encouraged and listen closely and then the third and final thing that i want to tell you about peter in this story is peter's capacity had been expanded what do you mean well to really understand you got to go back to luke luke chapter 5 verse 4-6 through It was a very similar instance. Jesus has told the disciples, hey, cast out a little deeper into the water. They've caught nothing, they've fished, they're done. Jesus said, go out a little deeper and cast your nets. They went a little deeper, they cast their nets, and the Bible tells us that as they begin to draw their nets up, there was so many fish, the nets began to break. They had to call over their buddies, to get their buddies' boats over, and they began trying to pile the fish in. The boats began to sink because there were so many fish they did not have the capacity to hold the blessing of God. Let that sink in a minute. In Luke chapter five, they did not have the capacity to hold the blessing, the anointing, the outpouring of God's presence in their life, if you will. The capacity was was broken and it wasn't there and they could not contain all that God had for them. But yet, as John records in chapter 21, when they cast on the right-hand side of the boat, the Bible says in verse 11, it says that there Simon Peter went up and drew the, land, the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. You need to see, first of all, somebody counted these fish. I believe that represents counting blessings in your life. When you're coming up empty-handed and you can't figure out what's going on in life is just kind of like in shambles and is hopeless, I promise, I don't care what kind of day you've had, if you sit down and begin to literally count the blessings of God on your life, your entire perception's going to change. They, somebody counted that there were 153 large fish in this net. That tells me that it is extremely important for us to sit down and think through counting and recounting the blessings of God on our life. Peter's capacity had been expanded. It, didn't, it no longer broke under the weight, it no longer broke, but, but the debt held the, to capacity, it held the blessings of God that God had purposed for them. How did this take place? I wanna give you three quick little thoughts. First of all, maturity brought expansion. When maturity takes place, things grow. They, they begin to stretch. They begin to, to morph into something older, a new uh, generation, if you will. Maturity brought expansion for Peter. Peter had been through a lot. Peter had seen so many miracles of Jesus. In fact, we just come out of the season where Peter had denied even knowing Jesus, and he went through the remorse, and now is this total new experience, and, and he's, he's, he's working his way back to relationship with Jesus. Maturity brings expansion not only does maturity bring expansion but trials bring strength peter had been through some stuff he had he, he had put himself through some stuff he had been through some stuff in his relationship with jesus he had watched the trials take place and, and the killing of jesus the crucifixion he had watched jesus go through the suffering the trial that peter went through brought strength These trials that we walk through every day in your life make you stronger. They can either break you or they're going to make you stronger. Peter, at this point, his capacity had been expanded. He could now hold more of God's fullness in his life because his trials had brought him strength. Not only did the maturity bring expansion and the trials bring strength, but his relationship brought trust. His relationship brought trust. He had had a real relationship with Jesus. There had been a real encounter. He had walked with him, talked with him, been with him daily, and there had been a trust factor built between Peter and Jesus. Now Peter broke that trust and he messed up when he denied knowing Jesus, but we see later the reconciliation take place. And you know that it's Peter that Jesus chose to begin building the church of Christ. Relationship brought trust. This whole capacity expansion allowed these disciples to receive what God had for them. It's interesting to me that we see though, Peter, his response is pretty incredible. Because in verse six, they've cast the net, they've, they've caught the fish, they can't haul them in. In verse seven, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Peter realized where these blessings came from, he put on his clothes, he presented himself before Jesus and he jumped in that water and he made the 100-yard dash swim to Jesus. He pursued Jesus. He didn't care what was going on around him, he didn't care what it was gonna take, he threw his clothes on, he dove in head first and he pursued Jesus to give him, he pursued that relationship recognizing that the blessings had come from Jesus himself. So how does this all apply to us? Well, first of all, there's risk involved. Just like the guys on Wicked Tuna have to cross over the bar, you and I have to get to a place where we're willing to put ourselves to the side and focus on the Lord. You've gotta go fishing. In order to catch those fish that bring in those men livelihood, they gotta go fishing. In order to receive the blessing and the fullness of God on our life, in order to get back to the place where he found us, the place where we've witnessed miracle after miracle after miracle take place, we've gotta go fishing. Recognizing you and I are gonna catch nothing on our own. We're bringing up life, empty handed, we're, we're, we're dragging, we're, we're pulling for straws, if you will, and there's nothing taking place. You have gotta recognize You've got to be encouraged and you've got to listen closely. There's fish in the sea, but they're waiting on God's instruction for you and me so that we can properly bring them in. There's blessings that are on their way to your life. Healing is coming in our life. We're seeing financial blessings take place in our lives, but they're coming at God's direction. And we've got to keep our eyes and our ears open as to how we follow instruction. Buried in the Word of God, seeking God every way we possibly can, recognizing that it's going to be an unconventional way that He gives us instruction. And then you and I need our capacity expanded. We need to be able to hold the anointing of God that He wants to pour out on our life. See, greater responsibility in the Kingdom of God requires greater anointing. But in order to receive the anointing, to fulfill the responsibility, we've got to have capacity. I can only contain the presence of God in my life that my capacity will allow. More times than not, it's my mind that restricts the capacity. Maybe it's my heart, and my heart's not in the place it should be, and it's restricting the capacity of the fullness of God and God's presence working in my life. Maturity brings expansion, trials strengthen who I am, and my relationship with Him brings trust. God's seeking something from you and I today and he's wanting us to go fishing. Maybe you're watching this and you've never accepted Christ into your life. Maybe, maybe you've fallen away from a relationship with him and your capacity is pretty small because that relationship isn't tied together and there is no trust. You don't trust God with your life. Maybe you've never had the encounter. Maybe God's never, uh, you've never met with God and God's never shown himself to you. I wanna encourage you today. Today could be the day for you to do that. I'm gonna pray a prayer in a moment and I just want you to repeat the prayer after me and pray it in your own way. The Bible tells us that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead so that I could be free, I can be saved. I can't earn his salvation. I can't work for his salvation. All I simply do is confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, and I can be saved. And I'll lead you in that today, and then I'm gonna pray for everybody. If you would, let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I confess with my mouth that you're Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead so that I could be free and that I could live. I'm nobody without you. I need you in my life thank you for giving your life for me now I give you mine come into my life change me cleanse me forgive me as I live my life for you in the name of Jesus amen if you prayed that prayer and you meant it life has changed life can be different I want to pray for the rest of us uh, maybe that have a relationship with Jesus, that are struggling, that we need to go back to that place of the beginning, and we're, we're pulling, and we're coming up empty-handed. We need God's instruction. We need encouragement today. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you touch your people today, those people that need to just take a moment, and, and they need to go fishing. They need to seek out your word. They need to seek your presence. Whatever it is in their life, God, they're needing something from you. God, I pray that you would allow them to recognize. Let them say today, I'm going fishing let them go to that place let them walk through the memories let them walk through the experiences that they've had with you let them walk through the miracles that they experienced with you god let them go fishing today god i pray that those that are are trying it on their own those that are seeking ways to to pull up blessings in their life god those that are that are reaching for straws god there's nothing left there God, I pray today they'd be encouraged, first of all. they recognize that your blessings are already on the way, God. You want nothing but good for those that love you and are called according to your purpose, Lord. God, you want, you want us to prosper. You've got plans of hope for us, Lord. God, I pray we'd be encouraged today to recognize that just because we can't see above the surface don't mean that blessings aren't below the surface. God, I pray we also would listen carefully for your instruction. God, we dive into your word. We, we stay in this relationship with you, God. We communicate with you, Lord, and we listen to people that you're using to speak into our life. Father, and lastly, I pray for our capacity to be increased. God, individually, as families, God, and even as communities and others, as a church body, Lord, you've got so much for us, God. Your responsibility for us is huge, God, but we can, we can only take on what our capacity allows. Father, and I pray for an expansion of capacity. I pray, God, that the anointing that I would be able to personally withhold from you, God, God that you wanna pour in my life and I'd be able to personally hold, God, I pray would be expanded. God, I pray that my capacity be expanded in some great ways, that it would be expanded, it would be strengthened, God, and that I can trust you with everything that I am. Father, I pray that you continue to bless your people today. God, those that are a part of this church family, those that are a part of the extended family, God, that have joined us online, Lord, I pray that you touch every person represented today. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. I love you. I'm praying for you. If you need anything at all, we're here for you. You just let us know. God bless you. Have a great day.